Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, audio lepsters in audio land. How are you today? Hope you're doing fine. Uh, how's the weather where you are? Is it nice? It's actually very pleasant here. Very hot October. My goodness, wasn't that a hot October? I don't know where you were or are, but oh, October was hot. We're well into November, of course, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me tell you briefly about this episode. So in this episode, I'm being interviewed on my own podcast. I'm the guest and the host is Stephen from Send7 Podcast, who wanted to ask me some questions about podcasting and about Luke's English Podcast. So this is quite a long conversation about podcasting about how I started my podcast and some of the ins and outs of doing this long term since I started in 2009. Now, I must say that this episode feels a little bit self-indulgent because I do all the talking and it's all about my show. And you might have heard some of these stories before, but I thought that I would publish this all the same because I have some new listeners who don't know about how I started my podcast and who might not have heard some of those old stories. And also I share some new things about making a living from podcasting too. So if you're interested in what it's like for me making this show, including things like how and why I decided to start doing a podcast, if it's possible to monetize a podcast and some of the other considerations of what it takes to make a podcast, then listen on. There's also some chat about French and about living in Paris. So your host of this episode, Stephen, is the host of the Simple English News Daily podcast, where you can get news coverage from around the world in seven minutes in clear English. How do we find it? Uh, send seven dots. Hold on a second. You can find it easily by going to send7.org or just search for Send7 Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Right, that's all I need to say at the beginning of this. I hope you enjoy this rather self-indulgent conversation in which I do all the talking. Um, Stephen will be back on the podcast probably in December where I imagine he will do a lot more talking. But in any case, here you go. Here is Stephen's interview with me and let's get started. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners, and hello, video viewers. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Stephen Devincenzi, whose name I pronounced correctly. Perfect. First time round. I have said it before, though, listeners. This is the second time you've been on uh, the podcast, Stephen. Uh, well, I should probably ask you how you are, even though I've already asked you that before we started recording. It just feels uh, normal to ask you how you are, just so that everyone knows that you're fine. You're I fine, are fine. you? I am. I'm very, very much fine. Thank you. Good. Thank God for that. Okay. So, um, Stephen, maybe you can explain your presence on the podcast uh, this time. 
What's sure. the purpose of what? What are we going to do today? Well, I think I was on uh, Luke's English podcast about six months ago or something in uh, March or April or something. And uh, after we finished recording, I said to you, Luke, can I ask you some questions about podcasting? And you said to me, I'm too busy or I don't have time. I've got to run off and, you know, be a <laughs> yeah, teacher. Let's go and pick up my daughter. Be a, be a dad. Yeah, something like that. Um, but you said, let's do it in a couple of weeks. And uh, hey, we can even record it and put it on the internet. And, uh, and then two weeks turned into six months. But here we are again. So I, I was going to uh, ask you some questions that I was been been thinking about for six months about podcasting and things like that. And uh, here we are recording it. Sorry, it took so long. Um, yeah, things always do. Um, so yeah, okay. So we're going to talk about podcasting, and you're going to kind of interview me as and I and I get to be interviewed, and I get to be like the kind of guru, the master who imparts his wisdom. Um, to to you, you can sit there and pose questions to me, and I get to kind of rub my stroke my beard and uh, impart my knowledge um, to you, like I'm a Jedi master and you're a Padawan learner or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I am a uh, you know I'm just joking, of course, but uh, let's see. I'll see what what I can tell you. I don't know what your questions are exactly, but um, well, to start let's off, go. To start off with, Luke, you've been podcasting for more than ten years, and I don't think I know anybody who has been podcasting for that long. So it's, it's, you've got a good place to start. It's thirteen. It's I mean, I have, we have, you know to be specific, it's thirteen and a half yeah. years now, which um, I don't know if that's is that. I do feel that's important somehow you know like the way companies have established yeah, you know definitely. and then the date when they were established as if that makes their products any better like oh so you're you're it's an old business does that make it a good business i don't know but um well i think most people didn't know what podcasting was 13 years ago i don't think i did so that's uh mm. that's a pretty good good start i suppose yeah. so it goes in it goes in waves i've noticed uh podcasting um, I suppose I'm, I've been doing it for so long. I've, I've been able to see uh, some of the, the, the trends in it. And every few years, people start saying, oh, podcasting is the big thing now. Yeah. And that was that's happened at least three times, I think, in the period that I've been podcasting, that people have sort of suddenly caught on and realised. it was the, Obviously, COVID was a big one lockdown lots of people started podcasts then and lots of people discovered podcasts at oh. that time you, you started one then <laughs> yeah 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 so covid was a big thing that really drove uh, the popularity of podcasts more recently and then before that for some reason there was a there was a time around about 2014 2015 yeah. um and the the podcast that people and people uh really got into was serial yeah do you remember that yeah i never listened to that actually did you listen to that I did listen to it. Yeah, I never actually finished it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was a kind of a true crime um, podcast that uh, really took off. And it was like this kind of piece of investigative journalist by a woman investigating the story of a guy who may have been, may or may not have been falsely um, uh, accused of murder. He'd been put in prison and she kind of investigated the story and there were lots of uh, witness accounts and it was quite gripping following the development of this story and there's a point 
I think for everyone listening to it, where they were like, oh my God, he's innocent. And then a few episodes later, it's like, no, 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 he can't be innocent. He's definitely guilty. <laughs> and then you, you know, conv- you become convinced he, he's, he's innocent. So that was a big one. And lots of people talked about it and, uh, and stuff like that. But I, I remember before that as well, there was a, there was a surge in the popularity of it. So it's kind of like come in waves. Yeah. And true crime yeah. is still always one of the most popular categories, isn't it? People love that. Yeah, it uh, is. Okay, I'm going to put on my uh, interviewer's hat and uh, off we go. Are you ready for some okay. questions? I'm ready. I hope that I can be insightful um, and that my brain works today. Okay. I'll do my best. I'm going to start with an easy one. So this is just very personal to you. Did you plan to be a podcaster or did it just kind of happen? Um, when, when plan sort of at what stage, like after I'd started or before (laughs) just Uh, thinking about becoming a podcaster by accident. Yeah. So did you at at some point say, do you know what, I'm going to dedicate my time to podcasting or was it in the beginning of that kind of, uh, YouTube era 13 years ago, apparently where you just uploaded something and, uh, and it got a few people watching it and you just carried on. No, I did decide. So there's YouTube and then podcasts, you know, and I've kind of been doing the two um, since 2009. I set my YouTube channel up at the same time I set up the podcast, but they are two different things. So I've focused on the podcast and YouTube has been a sort of another thing, another platform, Uh, but it's mainly the podcast. So I did uh, choose and decide to set up a podcast Um, and... um, yeah, so that the way it started was in um, yeah in two thousand and nine or maybe the end of two thousand and eight. Uh, I was given a special responsibility at the school I used to work in, um, and that they they would give teachers special responsibilities. You'd get a little bit of extra pay, and you'd be responsible for a certain thing, like for example, researching something about English teaching, and then uh, training the other members of staff about it, or other things. And so the special responsibility I had with a couple of my colleagues was to look into uh, using technology in the classroom and all aspects of that. Now, this is 2009. And at the time, people were still pretty much using projectors. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, projectors like, uh, what are they? I can't even remember what they're called now. Overhead, Overhead projectors. projectors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, overhead projectors, which where you have a an acetate slide, a piece of floppy clear plastic, and you would write stuff on it with a permanent marker, and you'd put that down on the projector, and it would project that onto the wall. Uh, and that, and we had that, and we had whiteboards, and it was just at the beginning where computers started to get used in the classroom in a much more everyday fashion, where you weren't putting a CD in a CD player, but you were like clicking things to get audio, and so it was like this new thing. And uh, and um, the boss at the school asked some of the younger ones um, to look into all this technology stuff. It was called Cal, Computer Assisted Language Learning. And blended learning is as well as it was another one, you know, blending technology into the classroom. So, yeah, so I, I was responsible for that. And one of the things I did as part of that special responsibility was to do an online course in podcasting with um, a, a firm called The Consultants E. I don't know. I think they're still going. It's sort of an online training company. And they did this course in podcasting. Right now, I was always a podcast listener. 
I'd li- I'd been listening to podcasts ever since I got an internet connection. I got my first computer with internet in 2006, which is quite late. Um, and so I was really into podcasting. So this was cool. And I learned about stuff like file types and how podcasts work, RSS feeds. And I, I was introduced to certain podcasting platforms that I didn't know existed before, self-publishing platforms that were really easy to use. And the idea was what everyone was thinking in English teaching was that podcasts could be used for the students, that the students would somehow be making podcasts in the classroom as part of projects. Yeah. You know, that's how people were thinking they could be used, right? Oh, they could um, be. At, could work. They could be. They could be, yeah. I mean, it could be possible to produce that, but that would be a bit difficult. But um, I'd, I thought, oh, no, I think that podcasts could be really great for making content for learners of English around the world. And uh, I talked to the school about it and uh, made a kind of a, um, uh, what do you call it? A Proposal? pilot episode, a pilot for the school. It was right. like the school's podcast. I made the pilot. And uh, the director of the school listened to my pilot and he was like, mm, nah. He didn't like the style of it. Wow. He thought it was too sort of naturalistic and not polished enough. Mm. And so I was like, oh, well, you, I'll do it. Can you remember what you did in that pilot episode? Uh, I did something about a language point. It was about a weird specific language point. I don't know why I came up with this, but it was about using the phrase, the fact that. Right. Uh, which I never actually turned into a podcast. Maybe it was just rubbish. <laughs> I don't know. But um, after that, I thought, well, I'll do it myself then. I'll just set up my own podcast. I remember walking home from work one day and I just got the idea. I'll call it Luke's English Podcast. It's a great name. I just the the name had a certain rhythm to it, which I quite liked, and the simplicity to it. I mean, I, sometimes I regret calling it that because, first of all, my name is difficult to spell for learners of English, and secondly, the word podcast is quite difficult to spell. So people constantly write things like you know they call me Luck, they call me Look, uh, <laughs> and they spell podcast wrong, and uh, it's they spell they spell it podcat or podcast or podcat or postcard and all these sorts of things and maybe anyway uh it's worked out okay yeah so i I just did it myself two out of the three words are very common things that people are going to be searching for though aren't they they're going to be searching for english podcasts and yeah Yeah. so i can see why luke's english podcast would come up quite uh, quite high for that yeah yeah that's what i was thinking that uh at least if i put the words english podcast in there it'll be it would be all right yeah yeah, great. No. So yes, I did intend to, I did intend to do yeah. it. I remember there was just like it didn't take me long to decide. Once I realized, oh, I can do this. I've got a laptop and I suddenly have found these websites where you can just like literally upload a file and the website does the rest and it publishes it and then you can literally just get your uh iTunes account and search for the name of the podcast and there it is. It's published and now everyone in the world can find this too. You just need to let them know about it and they can and every time you upload a new one, they will get a notification yeah. that it's there. Yeah. And I just thought this is incredible. This is this is because I always wanted to have my own radio show and um that was always just a sort of a little fantasy of mine but you know if you want to get on the radio if you want to have your own radio show you've got to jump through lots of hoops you've got to uh, go and do work experience you've got to make tea for other 
uh, radio presenters for about two years before they even let you anywhere near a microphone. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've got to really put your time in before you can get there. And then you've got to deal with producers who have a specific idea of how the show should be done. And it's all very, very restricted and stuff. And But with podcasts it was possible to just do it all myself and that was incredibly liberating and attractive so yes i did decide to do it and i just thought this is great i'll do it myself yeah um, fantastic and mm. it sounds like you you actually did have that moment when you were walking home when you went i'm gonna do it so yeah that's, yeah uh, that's definitely a yes to that question um yeah okay but you still teach at the moment which is quite impressive uh you said, I think before we came on, you said you actually taught for three hours uh, today, this morning. Yeah, right? yeah, this morning, yeah. So these days I teach three hours in the morning and three uh, three hours in the morning on a Monday and three hours in the morning on a Thursday okay. every week. So yeah, I'm still teaching. Mm. Yeah, do you want to keep that connection up or do you think there's going to be some moment when you go, you know what, I'm just going to be 100% podcaster? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit reluctant to stop teaching because uh uh yeah maybe i feel like i'd i'd lose my edge or i'd forget how to do it yeah. or something like that but also so i keep teaching for three reasons mainly the first reason is that i like teaching and i like to keep you know i like to keep exercising that muscle mm-hmm. i feel like it's just good for me as a uh, first and foremost as an english teacher i think i should probably still be in the classroom quite a you know a, a fair bit just so i can remember how to do it and stay keep my teaching skills fresh but the second reason is that i like the contact i actually like going into a place yeah. uh, several times a week and seeing my colleagues and the social side of it and the the students i actually really enjoy the interaction with the students listening to them trying to work out what they're trying to say and yeah. help them and stuff and then the third reason is that it just helps to have a permanent contract with an employer in France, because if you don't have a, a permanent contract with an employer here, then you sort of don't exist. Yeah. You know, like um, it's hard to get things like, uh, I don't know, um, like if you're renting an apartment or if you need to buy a property, you need to show them, look, I've got a permanent contract and they'll, then they'll feel a lot more confident about you. Right. And it generally helps to get things done here if you've got a what they call a CDI, a permanent contracts and that's the other reason just to sort of administ- for administrative purposes and the money as well of course you know i do get paid that helps <laughs> <laughs> that's a fourth rather important reason yeah too. definitely um okay well then seeing as you're talking about money can you make money in podcasting yes you can um but i'm i'm wary of just saying to people yeah you can make money i don't want to be one of those internet sort of um, salespeople. you know you get recently on youtube uh because i get adverts before youtube videos because i haven't got youtube premium or whatever but um recently on youtube i've been seeing this guy this american guy who is doing these short adverts at the beginning of episode of youtube videos he just pops up and uh He's one of these guys who's like filming himself in front of a very big mansion with lots of expensive cars outside. <laughs> and he's like, what if I could tell you that I could, ch- you know, change your income from this to a, I could make you a billionaire. You know, these people who just like 
there's no way that you you know the, you know the promises that you're making here about how you can make me a, a millionaire or a billionaire are just i mean it's obviously nonsense yeah you know like I'm, you're obviously just going to try and sell me something right. and you know so you're so, not going to be standing so not, in front of a mansion telling people if you if you become a podcaster you can have a mansion you like can this. be a millionaire <laughs> i can make you rich no 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 i really don't want to i mean it's taken me a long time Obviously, but I think that I'm not a very business-minded or business-savvy um, type person, really. Yeah. I'm more uh, of a creator, really. I like to do creative stuff, and the rest of it, I'm very badly organised. And I often think, like, you know, constantly think, oh, damn, I'm really not capitalising on this as much as I should be. Uh, there are other people out there who are much more business-minded who would be making a lot more money and and finding ways to monetize in clever ways. I mean, there's so many aspects to it, Stephen. There's, yeah. there's like finding a, an income, but then there's like marketing as well and communication. And do you do any marketing? Um, no, well, I no, not really. It mean, depends what you mean by marketing, doesn't it? Because in a way, everything is everything. No, <laughs> uh, I became Irish for just one second. <laughs> everything, no, or Jamaican. I don't know. Um, everything is marketing in a way because it's just the way that you communicate things to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Where should we start? Yeah, you can definitely make money. There's a few different ways that you can make money from podcasting. Um, but it, it can be hard. And obviously the main thing is that you need an audience and the larger the audience is, the more leverage you have for making money. Obviously it's a bit like, uh, if you're a farmer and you have, if the, the, the more land you have, the more potential you have for growing crops. Yeah. Um, and, and is that a good analogy? Maybe. Um, but yeah, if you've got a fairly small audience, it's possible to make money from them, but you've got to be extremely shrewd and, and very clever about it. And um, yeah. you've got to use all of the possible marketing tools and monetization tools at your disposal and be very driven, very focused and very hardworking. And you could make money from it. Then, then again, the more people you have, uh, basically, you've got people's attention. The more people's attention you've got, the more likely it is that they will then come back to you to purchase something from you. Or once you've got their attention, you could maybe use that opportunity to uh, um, let them know about another service that belongs to someone else. You know, you can use your platform for sponsorships or advertising. But the main thing is that you do have to try and get a, a fairly large audience before you can really start to convert that into money in your bank account every month yeah um you know the 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 percentage i mean as you probably know as a podcaster yourself if you get this many people listening to your show and then you just want those people to do one thing even if it's just click a link to get a free thing like (laughs) click a link to just get the pdf and it's not even like a marketing thing it's just like oh by the way i've i've made a pdf for this one if you want it you can have it i thought you might it might be useful uh you just need to click the link and it's a direct download link so there you go and it's just pretty a uh, transcript for the episode, yeah. you know, because people keep asking me for it. So there you go. Maybe and two um, percent of people will click it. Or yeah, something like that. it's about two percent. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. you know, if on a good day it's ten percent, it yeah. can be two percent. So yeah, this is your audience, and then it's always going to be this tiny portion that will actually do a thing. 
Yeah. And even if that is a, uh, that is not even a paid purchase or, or anything, if it's just a, a click to get a thing, only a tiny portion will do it. And then from that tiny portion, another tiny portion will then go a further step, yeah. which is to maybe enter their card details in order to pay for something. Yeah. So, you know, th- that's what we're dealing with. It's kind of like a ratio of maybe one uh, to 10% yeah. of your audience. And so, you know, when you realise that you're dividing the audience down into smaller chunks, then we start to see um, uh, the importance of having a a large audience. So I think for me personally, it took me a long time to start monetizing. You know, I started in 2009. I didn't really start monetizing probably with sponsorship was around about 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, Around that time, I started to actually make some money from it beyond just uh paypal donations which listeners kindly would donate but yeah i didn't start monetizing until what's that maths it's about seven six or seven years that i started so the rest of that time was just me working out what the you know just just making episodes making episodes and then maybe after about 300 or 400 i started to actually make money but i wasn't also, Stephen, this is very rambling. Sorry for my rambling. Go answer. ahead. No, no, no. It's uh, easy to interview you because uh, you you have I just a long never answer. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say you have long answers, but that's uh, another. Sorry, way I can't help it. Can't help it. Um, uh, what was I saying? Another thing. Oh, now I've forgotten what it was. Of course, another important thing. Uh, no, it's gone. Advertising. I think that was advertising. Good. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That obviously, yeah. when I started, there was there were no monetization options. It just wasn't a thing. Right. Like you know, there was no such thing. There was no Patreon. There was no iTalky. Yeah. There were no companies uh, sponsoring podcasts. There was no um, automatic advertising. Yeah. Uh, there was no nothing. There was yeah. just nothing at all. PayPal was in its infancy and so people were able to donate to you through it but other than that the whole podcasting industry and infrastructure just didn't exist and so that didn't really start coming along until i think it was about 2016 actually when when um i started talking to another podcast host about uh advertising they actually came to me yeah. They asked me, oh, uh, would you be interested in moving to us and we can put ads in your podcast? I was like, ads in the podcast? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't want to don't do that. That would be horrible. Um, and now now it's so much more normal. Yeah. I've only recently started actually doing that myself because it's just, it's normal now. It's I, th- I don't yeah. think people are quite as bothered by, well, by it. You're, you're providing me. loads of really high quality content for free. So if all that somebody has to do is have an advert there for a few seconds every time they uh, they click, then I think that sounds absolutely brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. and it, you know it allows me to to keep to keep doing it. So it's just exactly. that's the nature of the game, isn't it? Yeah, I guess you mentioned um, Italki. That's uh, one of these um, uh, companies that they connect teachers to learners, isn't it? Um, and I suppose yeah. that your advertising with them was probably uh, based on uh, people who actually went through and used the service. There's a word for that. What, what's that word? I don't know. What click through or aff- affiliates? Like that. uh, affiliates. That's it. That's it. Affiliate links. Affiliate links. Yeah, yeah. Was that worth it for you, or or not really? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah I mean, good. you know, what does worth it mean? Um, like, uh, what are the what are the metrics? Yeah. Um, Did people in click terms- through? <laughs> 
Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did. Uh, because it was quite a good fit, you know, yeah. because obviously the, with the, the podcast, people get lots of listening and lots of exposure and also some direct teaching if I do episodes like that. Yeah. But what they missed was just the opportunity to speak and speak regularly um, to native speakers or non-native speakers or whoever. Just speaking practice was what they missed. And italki kind of was perfect. It kind of fit that yeah. little hole that was, you know, the missing part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, people, yeah, people did do that. Yes. Yeah, good. It's it's nice to be able to kind of uh, advertise something that you actually genuinely believe is really useful, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, one advantage of of podcasting for learners of English is that there is a clear reason for them listening and it's uh, there's a clear thing that they want from it and it's a an opportunity to learn skills it's not just true crime which is kind of like how do you find sponsors for true for if you're a true crime podcast Maybe. it's it's difficult like what well, do you like murder, murder would you you know or yeah yeah axe shops <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know um <laughs> uh but yeah. yeah so it's quite quite with, uh yeah, quite a good English fit with us something really some really specific things that you can uh, be telling people to go for teachers schools yeah things like that yeah exactly yeah brilliant yeah um uh do you have more listeners on youtube or on podcast apps podcast podcast definitely um so the the podcast uh the way podcasts work is that it's it's essentially it's an RSS feed. Okay, so the RSS feed um, is the audio podcast, and then there's the YouTube channel. So it depends. Some YouTube videos do get more uh, listens or views. Some individual YouTube videos get more, but generally the podcast episodes get a higher number of downloads. YouTube is a funny one because I've got 300 and something, 330,000 subscribers, but my videos don't all get 330,000 views. Every now and then one of them will get more Mm. than 330,000. But for the most part, it's getting, again, 10% of that. Some of them less, you know, some of them don't get to 10,000. something to do with the algorithms or something? Things getting recommended to people? Yeah, Yeah, it is completely to do with the algorithms and it's all a bit mysterious and, I don't know. So whereas with with the podcast apps, probably the people who who listen are people who know that, yeah, I always listen to Luke's English podcast every time he's got a new episode that comes out, I download it or something like that. But with YouTube, it's more reliant upon algorithms and uh, random factors like that. Yeah, I guess when someone is watching on YouTube, you're there and YouTube is also constantly recommending other other videos that you could be watching. Yeah. Basically, YouTube kind of doesn't care as long as you're on YouTube. Mm. And in fact, what YouTube wants is for you to be in one viewing session. Let's say you spend an hour on YouTube. I I think that probably what they want is for you to watch five videos in that time rather than just one. Especially if that one video is only being monetized with an ad at the beginning, one in the middle and one at the end. That's three ad placements if you watch the entire thing. Whereas if you skip around five times, then you're going to watch five different ads. Yeah. You know, so YouTube kind of likes you to skip around and move around as long as you stay on their platform. Yeah. And it's and it's, you know, designed 
by psychologists to 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 encourage you to do that, Absolutely. which is fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Uh, but um, then, uh, but podcasting, yeah, you go on. You you've it doesn't. It's not getting your attention and trying to make you listen to something else all the time you go in you choose which episodes you want to see you know based on your subscriptions and then um bob's your uncle you listen to an episode and you stick it on in your headphones you put your phone down you're not constantly looking at your phone while you're listening you put the phone away and then you've got the voice in your headphones and you're much more likely to just stay and listen and build up a personal connection and so on so yeah that's it and also i think it's probably because i make it make my show as a podcast i don't make it as a youtube show because to be successful on youtube you need a slightly different approach different types of editing different types of presentation and all that and i just essentially do a podcast and i also put the podcast on on youtube yeah yeah that's the main reasons that i don't even put send seven on youtube actually the the same things it's uh yeah it's just requires some other kind of attention to it that yeah i'm not willing to it, put in it's a whole other form of production mm-hmm. um yeah, it is. And and YouTube will suck you in. And, you know, it's very good at doing that of like, you know, sucking you in and trying to make you, hey, now, you know, you should make shorts. Yeah. Because like on TikTok, yeah. because this is the best way. And YouTube wants people to make that kind of content at the moment because it's clearly what's working with, you know, TikTok is a huge success. And so YouTube's like, oh, God, we better do what TikTok's doing. Yeah. Make short videos quick. Um yeah, so YouTube will suck you in and suddenly you start playing the YouTube game. Yeah. Uh, but um, for me, it's it's been more... Um, I mean, YouTube has been great for me too because some of those, as I said, some of my videos did have gone viral yeah. and that I think has brought an audience to my audio show as good, well. So, yeah. you know, and plus a little bit of revenue from YouTube ads, yeah. you know, it's not a huge amount. It's a little bit, but all these little bits of revenue... Totally. Yeah. With, you know the, that, with the YouTube ads, do you get to select whether they're on there or is it just automatic? Like you, you start getting it uh, because you've, I don't know, got 100,000 views on an ep- episode. You just automatically get given this ad revenue. I think your channel has to get to a certain level before you can get advertising on it, or at least you need to be um, you need to be checked. You need to be verified for advertising first before uh, you can start having ads on there. Um, so that's that comes. But then, yeah, when you upload a video, you get the option to activate advertising or not. Mm. And when you activate it, you can sort of choose several options of like what type of advertising you want, and if you want one in the middle or not. Mm. Uh, I didn't used to put them in the middle because I didn't want to interrupt the wonderful viewing experience. But these days I'm like, no, I think I'll put one in the middle now because I think everyone's okay with it now. It's sort of become normal, as I said before. Most of your vid- um, most of your videos would be an hour long, anyway. So I think it's justified. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't put them all the way through, which is, some channels do that, and that gets really annoying. You know, yeah. you get you definitely get the impression they're just sort of trying to squeeze as much cash out as possible. Yeah. Uh, of the, um, every now and then, there's a copyright violation. For example, if I have a little bit of music. Even if it's just music in the background. So I did wow. one where I filmed, I, I did a YouTube video outside and someone was busking in the street and they were singing Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Wow. And it was in the background, in the distance, and then YouTube slapped a sort of a copyright claim on that's, that video. That's amazing. Do you think that 
that that's some kind of computer system which is oh, yeah. a, but is able to actually recognize the song not of just course. not just the original but just from a busker yeah, yeah. playing it in the Absolutely. street that's really sometimes i play sometimes technology. i play sometimes i'll play guitar on the podcast mm. and i sing and youtube's like ah you're playing this song and it's owned by this artist and so they have this some when that happens sometimes um the record company who owns the rights to the music they uh monetize the video mm. so they allow you to have the music in there they allow you to sing the song but they monetize it and either it depends on the arrangement but sometimes they'll do a split where they'll take 50% of any revenue that you get from that video, wow. or they will take 100%. And they essentially say, it's all right, we're not going to remove your video, but we are going to take all the money. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know? Wow. So there's all sorts of different reasons why it happens and different reasons why you get more or less money. Some types of advertising content, some types of content seem to get higher rates of revenue like if you're if you're advertising technology you know mm. these youtube channels where they are showing cameras and high tech stuff mm. those ones seem to make a lot more money than for example a true crime podcast yeah. may maybe they've got yeah. more people uh, clicking through to buy the technology and i'm stuff. sure yeah i'm sure it is um, the case yeah okay next question uh you've i think you've answered this at some point before but i'm going to ask it anyway what country Ha, uh, I'm, I'm going to start that again. From where uh, do more of your listeners come from? So typically, yeah, I like the way you rephrase the question there. Instead of saying what country, you said from where. Yeah, it gives now, you this more is an scope import- to go down the avenue of continents or whatever you like. But also this is an important thing because I have in the past said, let me tell you, everybody, my top countries uh, over the last year or the top countries this month. And then I go through a list of countries, which is, and this is a list given in my podcasting uh, dashboard. Yeah. And then I make the mistake of mentioning that one of those places is a country. And then I get... Can I guess which? A, a whole bunch of emails from people who quite strongly point out to me that that place is not a country. It's part of my country. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. And what do all of the people from that country actually say, though? Well, you mean that place? I mean, let's just, what, country, place, part of the world, what are we going to call it? The people from that place, they don't get, well, uh, the people from that place, they say, I'm sorry, we are a country, we're a sovereign nation. Thank you very much. And then the other people are like, no, you're not. We, you belong to us. Yeah. Uh, this could apply to a number of different places. This could apply to any any place. So if you, listeners, viewers, if you are imagining that it is one place in your mind right now, just think twice because it might be another place. I might be talking about Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm do not. Know, do you know what, Luke? I actually have more people who listen to Send7 from that country, which some people think is not a country, than from the big country that claims it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, the both of those places are high up in, in they're in yeah. my top 5. And in fact, these days the country that we're talking about that's not Northern Ireland <laughs> um is up there maybe in the sec- in second place. Really? Yeah. So other 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 places there are um, um Japan, Russia, 
China, uh, also the United Kingdom yeah. of oh. Great Britain and Northern Ireland is, is, <laughs> is a, a big one. And strangely, the United States as well. Yeah. But I suppose there are lots of people who've moved to English speaking countries and they yeah. really, really feel the pressure and feel the need to improve their English. Yeah. So yeah. that might account for that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've mm. seen if you look at the like the top podcast in Germany, loads of them are our uh, podcast for learning German. And I think it's just because yeah. there are so many people who uh, have, have gone there without speaking German uh, and are learning there. So, yeah. 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 Makes sense. Yeah. Great. Okay. So you gave the politically correct uh, answer. Or not. Answer there. Someone's going to be annoyed. Yeah. Someone's going to email me and say, um, excuse me, should I just point out that country whose name you didn't mention is actually part of another country whose name you didn't mention? Like, how do you know? How do you know which one I'm talking about? I'm talking about uh, Fredonia and... Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, can, can I be politically inco incorrect for a second? If you like, yeah. Yeah. Well, that place has been completely independent uh, for, since 1950. And oh, oh! They'll know what you're talking about. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, so it's been completely uh, independent since 1950. It doesn't actually have any kind of control going on from that other government. You know, it pays its own taxes. It's got its own systems of absolutely everything. It's got a vibrant democracy, as they like to say. So, yeah. um, I th the ideology is strong, though, Stephen. Where yeah. people are convinced of a certain narrative, yeah. and I don't want to have to try to fight individual battles in yeah. individual email threads. I know, and I just can't be doing with it, Stephen. One thing, like that's one thing that does annoy. I mean, generally speaking, as a podcaster, and when I talk about correspondence with my listeners, it's wonderful. And the vast majority of messages and stuff that I get from my audience are just really great and really sweet and very encouraging yeah. and lovely. I mean, learners of English, for the most part, are just lovely. I mean, yeah. do you not find? Absolutely. You probably get a similar yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. right? Totally. I've, I think in my two and a half years since starting Simple English News Daily, I think I've had 99% positive stuff yeah. coming to me. Yeah. But then again, then again, every now and then you'll just mention a thing. You'll just mention a topic and it triggers someone out there and they have to write to you and correct you on it. And I've, uh, I mean, ah, oh dear. Yeah, we've been through some tumultuous times uh, with what with Trump and Brexit and various other things that sometimes, you know, I talk about these things and I just rub someone up the wrong way and they, they write to me and correct me, sometimes in quite um, direct, quite a direct way. Yeah. And that's that's not very nice. You know, it's not nice to receive those sorts of messages. It does sort of ruin your day a little bit. Yeah, but I so, think the thing you know, is, as you as you said before, you know, you've got this audience that's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, if you're talking to that many people, no matter what you say, you're going to upset somebody with some particular idea in some way right yeah i used to have a colleague uh who uh in the language school i used to work in who who had a theory that it's one person in every 30 and this was actually de de describing classroom situations yeah. where you have classrooms of about 15 maybe about 12 people per classroom and you have them for two weeks and then another two weeks you get another 10 to 15 people and then two weeks later it's you know one person in every 30 is going to be 
difficult or weird or not nice yeah. and tr troublesome, which means that you're probably going to get once a month, you, you're probably going to get one person in one of those classes who's just a bit of a problem and just drains all your energy and uh, the other students don't like and they kind of spoil the class sometimes, yeah. you know, oh, and sometimes you might have two months with no one. Yeah. And then you get one class and there's three of them yeah. in the same class. I had four last you know. year in my class. So Did you really? Yeah, tough year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it can be. It can be really, really hard. I mean, like just weird ego sort of struggles. Like you get some students in classes who, because they are not the alpha in the situation, because they're not the teacher, then they sort of feel like they've got to take shots at you and try and bring you down and you know uh, bring you down in flames yeah. in order to I don't know just to sort of feel like they're on top of the situation you just it's just like why do I have to deal with this you know can't you see we're just trying to achieve something together and I have to like keep putting you in your place it's really a really frustrating thing same thing with stand-up you always get certain every now and then someone in the audience who just like just sit back sit down and be quiet go and sit in the corner um you mean like the will smith so, in the audience who's just going to come up and slap yeah. you <laughs> exactly the will smith who's who who is worried that he's going to look small mm. because um or he's worried that his wife's going to be angry with him because he hasn't because he was laughing at the joke and so he realises and goes, oh, God, I better do something. And he stands up to try and be the big man and slaps the comedian. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, same thing with email. As you said, if you get a certain, you know, you're a certain number of people are listening to you, there's always going to be a certain proportion of people who feel duty bound to contact you for some reason. Yeah. It doesn't happen that much. But, well, no, um, and yours, yours is a show which shouldn't really almost ever talk about anything, uh, you know, Political. Important or <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, and actually, well, I do sometimes. I, I do that on a daily basis, and yet, right, still, you do, and yet still, you know, literally ninety nine percent of what I receive is positive. So, yeah, it's really, really you, rare. Your show is quite sort of, um, what's the word for it? I mean, it's it's a news show, mm. and so there's less. It's less of an opinion show. Yeah, zero uh, opinion. Uh, it's not really opinion. It's just presented in this factual uh, way. And also, you know, you've got you do lots of research and stuff, too. So it's not like you're just one individual who's just sort of like talking without knowing what the hell they're talking about. Sometimes maybe that happens to me where I'm just kind of like talking and people misunderstand, yeah. like I'm making a joke like I did, you know, once I. Yeah, the, the one time. Oh, God. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell that story because it will just bring <laughs> it'll just bring me back. But let's say this: I, 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 I was reading a funny story which happened to take place in the country that we were talking about. That's not a country, but is, but isn't. Schrodinger's country, right? Yeah. Um, I say Schrodinger's country. That's a reference to Schrodinger's cat. Those of you who are thinking Schrodinger, who's Schrodinger? Is he the president of this country? No. Just look up Schrodinger's cat. It's a cat that both exists and doesn't exist at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I was telling a story, a funny story about something. And it, it, the fact that it happened in this place was nothing to do with the story. And then, you know, just the, simply the fact that I called it a country. Yeah was the reason why lots of people got in touch with me. Oh, we should move the, on from this. There was that, um, yeah, we definitely should, but there was that really big, I think he's a wrestler or something. I can't remember, or a boxer. I can't remember who he was now. Somebody will, will type it up in the comments. Um, who who actually apologised for saying the same thing. 
for saying that this place is a country and he he speaks the language which is common between those countries and he actually uh, apologised I can't remember who he is or was it John Cena or something like that one of John Senna John Senna really John Senna whatever yeah some, something uh, yeah I, one of these guys yeah, apologised anyway well, the same, that's, yeah. uh, the, to finish my story the same thing happened right so I made my I just told my funny story someone wrote to me a few people wrote to me saying um, sorry but this, is, this place isn't a country and then I being the stupid fool that I am I, I then, at the beginning of the next episode, oh, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I think I made a bit of a gaffe. Um, I didn't mean to offend anyone. I said this place was a country when apparently it's not. So I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> and, and then, then I got all of the people from that country. Exactly. Uh, I saying, then received, hey, we are I got a, a title. Yeah, I got yeah. a ton of other emails from people saying, what the, we are a country for Christ's sake. <laughs> and then I, and then I, I think I then in the next episode said, oh, you know, when I, it started to get ridiculous. I yeah. said, you know, when I said that place was a country and then I said, sorry, it's not actually a country and I'm sorry. Well, apparently it is a country. So sorry to the people who, <laughs> who were offended by the fact that I said it was a country. You know what? Can you just argue amongst yourselves? <laughs> why am I, why am I getting dragged into this? Yeah, yeah, well done. Yeah, it's like a Russian doll situation, isn't it? Yeah, can, yeah, <laughs> go on forever. Yeah, 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 or at least a doll from a from a uh, a non-specific country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's like Inception. Yeah, let's move on before we get in any more trouble. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, okay, is it a nicer one coming back to you? Um, so, since being a podcaster, you've also become a dad. How mm. do you manage your time? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hmm. Well, the fact that she goes to school now obviously helps quite a lot. Um, so that's, that's fine. Uh, I manage my time all right these days. It's it's pretty good. Hmm. Uh, it's great, actually. Because you've um, obviously you've you're, you're a dad. You've got your dad responsibilities. You're teaching uh, for a few hours, a couple of days a week. You do yeah. you you do quite a lot of podcasts, really, for somebody who's been going yeah. for such a long time. You put out you know more than one a week at least. Too many. Too many. And you you also do your premium content, which obviously takes more time. It seems a ton. Yeah, it's a lot it's of very, time, yeah. very impressive. And apparently you, you actually have a social life as well. So that's amazing. Somehow. Um I don't know really. So it's it doesn't all I, I find it hard to do all those things all the time. 
So um, I don't, you know, there's for the last four years, I haven't done as much stand up as I've wanted to do. I think since my daughter arrived, you know, one thing had to sort of suffer and it was the life was wasn't funny anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just that I had, to, you know, I wanted to be at home in the evenings and it was a bit harder to just like go out and stuff. And, you know, when you've got responsibilities and stuff at home, it's just a little bit, you know, you end up being a bit of a homebody. And so I wasn't going out and I kind of disappeared from the stand up scene a bit. Yeah. Uh, but um, so managing time, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess, uh, I don't know, really. I don't know how I do it, Stephen. Yeah. I think one of the one of the things about doing the podcast is that I try to, uh, in terms of my workflow, I try to make it as efficient as possible. Plus, having been doing the podcast now for, you know, getting on for fourteen years, I'm I'm quite sort of not good at it, but I'm I've kind of got my rhythm and got my routine down, does so I can kind of you, whip up. Does it take you a long time to edit and things like that, or, or is that quite fast? Depends depends on the episode mm. so um so i um if it's just me then it, it i can do it really really quickly and and often i can do it without an edit you know i can just do the whole thing if it's a rambling episode sort of thing i can just switch on the microphone and just ramble and ramble and then stop and then unless i remember there was something i needed to cut out like a, for example i said the name of a country that i shouldn't <laughs> have said <laughs> then i can um shouldn't really be laughing about that because it's it's pretty serious isn't it let's be honest but anyway so if i so if i'm just doing one on my own i can pretty much record it um like add the jingles and stuff do the post production stuff on it encode it into mp3 format do the uh, website page for it create the show notes for it create an image for it create a youtube image for it if it's just audio and get all that wrapped up in in a few hours uh, and get it uploaded for example when the queen died um i got the news and that evening i came to my office here and did an episode about it and sort of got it all wrapped up and published by the end of the evening yeah so it depends like those sorts of episodes i can do pretty quickly but ones other ones are going to take a lot longer so i did um on saturday i did an interview with someone and it was it's video as well and that's going to take bloody ages because um, to edit it, it's going to take a lot because I've just got two video files and I have to put them together and edit it together so it looks all right. And also one of those video files, for some reason, the audio is drifting. Do you know about audio drift? No, I don't actually. Is that where, where, it, um, where it kind of parts itself? So, for example, our conversation... Uh, doesn't fit in the right place is it something like that exactly it's yeah. exactly it's something to do with the frame rate or the sample rate or something uh of for the uh audio being captured it has to i don't really get it but when you record an hour of video um suddenly for one of the people in the video one uh, one side of the conversation if it's a remote call like this their audio slowly goes out of sync with their video over the course of the whole video so with this the one i did on saturday um i'm in sync with myself my video and audio are locked in sync for the entire thing but he goes out of sync um and so after an hour there's like a good 2 seconds between uh, his mouth moving on the video and the audio uh, appearing in the audio track and so that is a huge headache to deal with yeah. 
uh, because it means that every minute or so I've got to cut the audio, slide it across, match it up with his with his movement of his mouth. Ooh. And as well as that, I'm, aud- I'm editing between his side of the video and my side of the video, cutting it together so you can see it properly. Wow. Um, and I'm going to do all of that. And I've got to do an introduction for that in order to try and explain who the guy is and what the video is about, because I think it's going to confuse some people. Well, I hope that it's... doesn't happen today. No, I, I don't think it's going to happen today, but who knows? We'll see. But um, yeah, so some episodes take a lot longer. The premium ones take tons of time because I um, you know, do them in a more serious way. They're not just rambling conversations, but they are like lessons, essentially, you know, where I go through... If it's teaching vocab, then I really try and um, res- do as much research into the vocab and find, pull lots of different examples, all the different collocations. I have to prepare like questions to help people remember, questions to help people use the language, phonemic trans- transcription sometimes, creating the PDFs, you know, all that stuff. So the, the, the pre-production side of the premium ones is... A, a very long process and it's a bit it's quite punishing i end up sitting there like oh, battling my way through it uh, you know bashing it out um, um but you know you know i've got to i've got to try and put the work in for my premium people you know absolutely so you know yeah but it's all right teaching six hours a week my daughter finishes school basically around about five so it's basically nine to five most days of the Working week except for two it ain't no way to make a living but it kind of is a way to make a living um uh so that you know we should tell dolly parton yeah that she got that one as long, sort as of you, long. working if you're yeah. doing what you like then uh, brilliant great way to yeah make that's a that's the thing confucius as confucius famously said um pick a job that you like and you won't work a day in your life i don't think he said it in english of course that would have been weird <laughs> can you say it in the original i certainly can't but i do Lang- like to imagine confusion that we're, we're not meaning naming yeah, um <laughs> I, no i can't i don't know i couldn't couldn't say it in the original language but I, I love the fact that confucius said this thing in english and i sometimes wonder what it would have been like when confucius one day said ha pick a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life and all the other people around you are like what what did he just say <laughs> what what <laughs> okay um let's uh let, okay uh, some some quick fire questions to finish us off okay so try and answer okay. as, as quick as possible um okay. uh you how long have you been in france 10 years pros and cons oh uh bread is one of the pros definitely really really good bread Mm, magnifique, délicieux. Uh, so bread is great. Um, uh, cheese is pretty good too. So food, obviously. Uh, what else? My wife is here too, so that that's kind pro. of a big thing. Yeah. And my yeah, my daughter. The fact that my wife and daughter all live here uh, is kind of a big <laughs> part of the, the, the thing. <laughs> They're major major advantages. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, Paris. It's a beautiful city of course and you know sometimes i have to just sort of like look up and have a look around and just realize wow this place is actually rather spectacular and people travel thousands of miles to come here and and here i am living here every day so that's nice um doing stand-up there's lots of opportunities to do stand-up in english amazing um Mm. yeah funnily enough yeah but if i was if i was back in london uh, there are millions of stand-up shows that you can do every night of the week. But because there's so many other people doing stand-up, 
obviously in English, the market is saturated completely. And you just kind of think, well, I don't really, I can't, I won't bother then. I'll just be one of the millions of other people doing stand-up. Whereas here, there's only like, a, the small gang of us yeah and so that's quite cool to feel to, like you see luke I'm, I'm really amazed that, that there are so many people that want to do stand-up it that really sounds so scary to me it sounds like such a, a nerve-wracking experience like to just get up on stage and and know like i have to make these people people laugh other, otherwise I've, I've failed you know yeah so uh, yeah i know but um, impressive. it's 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 not it's not quite as bad as 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 it seems although it can be <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's very popular these days. It's like, you know, very, very, very popular. Almost almost more popular than music and being in a band, I feel. Really? Like, yeah, like so many people are like doing stand-up, like more than... Certainly when I was in my 20s, no one was really doing stand-up. It was like, obviously the people were, they were professional comedians, but I never met anyone else who did stand-up. Mm. But uh, these days you constantly people, oh no, no, my mate does stand-up now and like everyone's, yeah, it's become a lot more popular and, and trendy, obviously, since I started it. Yeah, you know, everyone's that's like, Because uh, uh, I'm such a, uh, an influencer. Yeah, trender. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, so you said lots of pros. I think, did you say some cons there? I can't remember. Uh, no, I didn't. I mean, I could, I could list many. Yeah. Uh, there's dog poo on the street, and that's yeah. annoying. Um, sorry to bring the tone of the conversation down, but it's not my fault. It wasn't my dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I do find that incredible. That, 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 <laughs> sorry to all the listeners who who have dreams of coming to Paris, but uh, the reality is that yeah, it's, it can be a bit grotty. Yeah, people don't it's, clean up their dog poo. Yeah, I can't believe Strange. it. I can't believe that this wonderful, sophisticated place, people just let their dogs put... You know, I, I sometimes walk along with my daughter and there's just putting like having to help her avoid it, you know. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, the, I often think, what animal would let their pet do that? You know, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's actually a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But it's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't mean to bash the city of yeah. light, uh, but um, but yeah, it is a bit of a thing. It's a pity. I mean, when I say this to Parisians, I say, and they say, "Oh, do you like Paris?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great." And then some at some point, you know, like ah, oh, but you know, there's some things like you know, there's is a bit quite a lot of dog poo on the street, isn't yeah. there? And people are like, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. <laughs> You think, oh my God, what did it used to be like? <laughs> Just looking for this place uh, where there isn't any to, uh, to put your feet. I don't know. The Parisians magically sort of seem to float above it, though. They kind of <laughs> somehow manage to avoid the poo. They'll be walking down the street with their phones, looking at their phones, and they're just weaving in and out. Like They don't seem to... The other thing is that if you actually step in a dog turd in Paris, it's if you, I think if you, if you step in it in, with your left foot... Is this correct? That's good luck. Whereas if you step, like, come on, don't try and, don't try and uh, turn it into a good luck system, yeah. okay? Just clean it up, please. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, next question. Parlez-vous français? Oui, un peu. Je j'essaie. Super. Mais uh, mais bon. Alors, c'est un peu difficile, mais uh, ça marche. Je peux ça ça. Comment? Ça va? Oui? Oui. oui. Bon, bof. Oui. Je pense que ça va. Voilà. Uh, okay, mm. next one. Um, uh, Japan, you lived there for two years. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, what do you miss? Oh. Oh, wow. Lots of things. Just the vibe, you know, the general vibe of the place, which is just cool. I miss the, the restaurants, the food, you know, like um, just all of the Japanese food. It's just special and yeah. it's hard to get the, the, the real deal uh, outside of the country. Ramen. Like a, oh, yeah, like a really good ramen. If you've been out, you've had a few beers and then it's a bit late, it's two o'clock in the morning and you're kind of hungry and thirsty and, you know... Oh, ramen, a big, nice, lovely, big bowl of ramen is just the thing. And just stuff like walking down some dark back street in a in a in some part of um, some nice town on the edge of Tokyo, where I used to live down near the coast, um, Kan Kanagawa Prefecture, just sort of like walking down some dark street one evening and you suddenly realise that it's incredibly atmospheric and the place is like something out of a... You you realise that you're in what looks like a, a a Japanese film, and this just this indescribable atmosphere, and the way the place looks, the design of the houses, and suddenly you get this moment of like, wow, it's really really Japanese and really kind of zen. You know, you just have these little zen moments every now and then. Uh, so I miss those things. Um, um, yeah, but I mean, I don't miss the very super hot, uh, humid summer. That was a bit hard to deal with. Yeah. And the 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 my working routine was very punishing, and the lack of holidays. I mean, that's a good thing about France. You get plenty of plenty of holidays. Basically, you get the entire month of August yeah. off. Whereas in Japan, like they get maybe five days of holidays, two of which they can actually have. Because even during the holidays, their boss is like, oh, yeah, we want you to come into work for a thing. You know, it's like a work-sponsored thing. Oh, God, right. So I even have to come into work on when I'm on holiday too, just to show my loyalty to the company. Yeah. So I don't miss the sort of the work ethic. Um, uh, but there are plenty of other things I do miss. The, the food, the, the fact that you can go, uh, when you're waiting for your train in the morning to go to work uh, in the middle of winter when it's all cold, you can actually just buy from a little kiosk a bottle of green tea and it's in you know the way uh you can get cold drinks uh in in england right you get you know little fridge you get your bottle of juice or coke or water or something and it's cold they've got the same thing but they're hot no so you get you can pick your hot green tea in a bottle from this little um little sort of hot uh, cupboard yeah. and uh and that's just a great way to start the day like a lovely bottle of warm green tea I think they they have some novelty vending machines don't they did you see any any novelty vending machine that you uh can particularly remember well no not really no i mean this was a thing that that in england everyone thinks that japan is full of funny vending machines where you can buy like girls underpants and stuff but i didn't actually see any of that stuff the only there were lots and lots of vending machines that sold a, a wide variety of drinks and lots of energy drinks and vitamin drinks and stuff um, and different types of tea and coffee and stuff like that uh, and maybe the craziest thing was um the fact that uh you can get what is it you can get beer. You can buy beer from vending machines in the street, which is nice. And you can buy sake from right. vending machines in the street. So you can just get booze in the street um, from vending machines. That would probably is, get abused in uh, in England. In, in, yeah, of course. All the <laughs> all the 
all the yeah, all the fourteen and fifteen year old, sixteen year old like uh, kids would just be in the street like, oh, you can get booze from these vending machines, and they all getting their, all the drink from it and going to the park and getting drunk because yeah. they can't, they're not allowed to go to the pub or buy beer from the off license yeah. so of course that yeah people would completely abuse that service yeah. in england but in japan doesn't seem to be a problem as far as i can tell but it's just convenient yeah yeah it is it definitely is it sounds great have you um, have you lived in japan no i i've only I, I went i was on on holiday for a couple of weeks a long long time ago when i was uh, 17 or something like that oh, yeah. but uh yeah yeah i absolutely loved it yeah fantastic place where did you go uh tokyo kamakura osaka oh. Hiroshima, yeah. Nara. Kamakura, that's, uh, I used to, that's my, that was my neck of the woods, ah, nice. Kamakura. Yeah. I used to Great work Buddha. just next. Yeah, the big bronze Buddha. I saw Dave Grohl there. No way. Just, bump, just bumped into him. Wow. Yeah. Listen, podcast listeners were like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> He's told this story about nine times. I won't, I won't, uh, I won't go into the details. Did you challenge anyway, him to a random. drum battle? No, unfortunately not. No. I didn't. But, <laughs> next um, time. I, I nearly ignored him. I nearly tried to be too cool. I was like, oh, Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah. I'll leave him alone. And then as I was walking down the hill, I thought, wait a minute. I can't tell my friends that I came to a big Buddhist temple on the side of a hill in Japan. I saw Dave Grohl and I didn't go and talk to him. So I went back and I talked to him. He was very nice. Yeah. He, he seems yeah. like a nice guy. He is, I think, yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Uh, next question. Um, what podcasts do you listen to if you even have time to listen to them? Oh, yeah, man. That's a good question. Well, someone just rang my door. Someone just rang my door into com in my apartment. But that anyway, that's that's beside the point. Good question. Pocket Casts. I use Pocket Casts as my podcast player of you know, choice. I've often found that podcasters prefer Pocket Casts. There's something it's about good. it. It's just a really good It's good. It's really good just app. decent. Yeah. It's decent. You can manage your podcast quite well. They've got different filters that you can apply. Yeah, it's a nice app. And they don't so bully you with advertising. Isn't it's it? very you simple. Just, you, it, you open it and you've got all of your favourite podcasts right there. It's the only screen. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's have, come, so, go on. Show show me that, and I can see, see if I can. You can, uh, you, can see, you can see the the, the yeah, podcast the daily. That's at the top of mine as well. Yeah, I subscribe to a lot of podcasts, right? Yeah, and so these are the ones that have uploaded maybe today or yesterday. Yeah. And I don't, I, I, I listen to almost none of these, yeah. <laughs> Stephen. Fair enough. Um, but the ones that I do listen to on a regular basis are the ones in my up next category. So basically, for some reason, my podcasting listening is narrowed down to a very narrow uh, uh, type of show. And it's all Beatle podcasts. Wow. I just listen to podcasts about the Beatles. Seriously, that's incredible. With a couple of exceptions, I still listen to to WTF with Mark Maron. I still listen to that after all these years. Right. He's been going since two thousand and nine as well. Mm. Uh, what else do I often? I almost always listen to the Adam Buxton podcast. Right. Um, and uh, I again, he's been podcasting for ages. He used to be on. A, he used to have a BBC Radio Six uh, morning show with with his mate Joe and that became a podcast as well and I used to listen to that all the time and then he started his own podcast um, I guess 2014 so I listened to that uh, other than that it's mostly Beatles uh, podcasts so that would be something about the Beatles I am the egg pod I don't want to miss anyone out um, 
uh, Glass Onion on John Lennon um, and others like Nothing Is Real, uh, all of those Beatle podcasts and m- loads of others. Are another kind of mind. Uh, there's loads of them. One Sweet Dream. Wow. There's tons of Beatle podcasts, and I listen to almost all of them. Amazing. It gives me. Uh, I'm, for some reason, I'm never bored of listening to people talk about Is them. It mostly just like stories about the Beatles' lives and uh, their times and it's, things like that. Or? It's yeah. It's uh, uh, there are many different facets to it. All of it, just any any angle you want to take. Um, there's there's Beatle podcast episodes about it. Um, and it's, yeah, stories, anecdotes about them, but also um, describing, for example, you, you know, some of these podcasters will do a whole uh, three-part series about one year in their career, for example. And I don't know, it's just, hmm, how to put it? Uh, the more specific you get, the more you analyse one very specific thing in great detail, the 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 more insightful and interesting it is. I mean, it really, really is. There's so much depth into them as individuals, their psychology, their relationship, but also the music, also the other people involved in the story, uh, the times, you know, the culture and the the politics of the time. Um, and so they are, the Beatles are essentially a lens through which you can look at human psychology, society, culture, politics, history, music, um, and many other things. So it's not just about, it's not just about them, but uh, about so many other things. That's what's maybe interesting about them. Somehow they are, yeah, they, through the Beatles, you can explore all yeah. sorts of other things i think that's one of their their one of the reasons why they're so appealing would you would you have liked to have been around in the 60s um yeah 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 i think so um yeah I mean, i'm not i'm not one of these people who would be like oh you know it would it's better it was better back then <laughs> who's kind of like this idea of this sort of nostalgia or the sense that wanting to escape to kind of Arcadia of the sixties or something, uh, it would be, it would have been an interesting time. I think it would have been kind of a bit difficult as well in some ways. Um, I'm not being very specific there, but um, that, I mean, one of the things about the Beatles is that they seem to be out of their time. Mm. They were of their time, but also out of their time. Uh, they seem so modern and so sort of uh, authentic and genuine. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much that I'm f- sort of fascinated by the 60s, but more about the, the, the just the, their particular story. Yeah. Well, they say that I'll stop to- despite yeah. being the, uh, you know, top selling band in the world or, or something, they're also the most underrated uh, band in the world. Uh, some, some people yeah. say, don't they? Just because they they have so much like musical gems that are hidden that people don't know about and uh, secret meaning behind their things. So I mean, even though I obviously don't know anywhere near as much as the uh, about the Beatles as you do, um, I can appreciate that there probably is a lot more to know. Most people, I think, when you say the Beatles, they just instantly get about five in, five um, associations. One of them is just four guys in black and white in suits, yeah. kind of going, ooh, 
like that. That's one thing. Um, and playing sort of music that sounds very old fashioned now and is about, you know, uh, saying I love you all the time. Mm. Um, and another one is is probably like Yellow Submarine, like a kid's song that yeah. you learned at school. The other one would be um, Hey Jude, just Paul, Hey Jude. Yeah. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, and uh, Sorry, and then I'm maybe say John else politically incorrect, but that's a really boring song compared to. Well, exactly uh, that. <laughs> that's so that's it. Their other stuff. That's it. There's Hey Jude. There's Yesterday. There's Yellow Submarine. There's Let It Be. And they are they are yeah. Um, yeah. Arguably, that is really boring stuff. Although, <laughs> having said that, <laughs> Hey Jude is actually a really good song. Actually, when you get beyond that first impression which is like oh here it is again this sort of uh, <laughs> the cliche so of the cliche yeah. of hey jude but actually wait a minute no when you listen to it you know what he's singing is he's he's the, the, the story is that he, he wrote that song for john's son because john had just split up with the lad's mum he went off with yoko and paul felt sympathetic towards the boy who was about five and so he went and he wrote this song for him saying, hey, Jude, don't feel so bad, you know. Uh, and that's very, very sweet. I mean, that is incredibly sweet that Paul uh, wrote this song for him. But then, wait a minute, you think, ah, wait a minute. No, is he singing to John? No, he's, this is for John. He's saying, John, you found this girl. Now go and, go and you know, you found her. Now go and get her and don't worry about, you know, me and the Beatles. You, he's basically saying to John, you found love. We understand, man. Go for it. Um, and then you think, wait, no, 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 no. It's about himself. Because exactly the same thing had happened to him. And it's about him accepting um, the that he's found the woman that he loves and sort of telling himself, okay, uh, don't, let your, don't, don't let this opportunity go. Um, you know, give, give it a chance. Uh, give love a chance. Um, you know, anyway, I'm trying to be profound and I'm not succeeding. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I won't say that any any more Beatles songs are boring because I'm, I'm sure you're there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> stop me. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. want to. I must stop about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Difficult one. What will the world look like in ten years? Oh my God. Shall I make it a bit easier for you? Um, well, I, I already had an idea okay, then go, go on building then. in my yeah, mind. So there's ahead. the negative, there's the, the dystopian view, which is it'll look like that scene in The Matrix where Neo wakes up and the whole human race is basically just living inside plasma-filled pods <laughs> directly connected to the internet. <laughs> Meanwhile, the the uh, whatever it is, like the, the artificial intelligence that runs the universe and is now feeding us um, a synthetic version of... Uh, of the world directly into our brains is <laughs> sucking our actual life force from us. Okay, so, so there's you that. Don't want that one to happen, I guess. No, <laughs> that's a you know that's the very negative view, which is basically where everyone is being uh, exploited all the time and distracted by a simulation. There's that, uh, but hopefully that won't happen. the 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 better one is that you know maybe we've found a way to to. Um, um, get beyond our addiction to fossil fuels and that more green energy is being used and scientists and engineers are finding ways of uh, allowing us to use energy without it destroying the world and that people are learning finally 
that um, they sh- they can live next to their neighbours without having to um, enslave them, exploit them, and um, put them in a cage. And you know, I don't know. One one vision of the the future is either very, is very pessimistic, and the other one is very um, what's the word for it? Naive and innocent and optimistic. I don't know. Oh. I don't know, Stephen. What do you think? No, actually, I, I think I agree with you uh, generally on the on the second point, not not on the negative one to start off with. I don't think we're going to be mm. having tubes connected to our heads, uh, uh, putting us in the matrix. Um, that would be wireless. <laughs> well, I, either way, either way, I don't think that's the uh, the future. But no, actually, I think I am. Yeah, say it's naive. That's fine. But I uh, I think I am quite optimistic about the future. Um, I do think that there's going to be less conflict in the world as we go forward. And actually, if you look over the history of the world, even though it might not seem like it because, you know, you've got people like me telling you about it happening every day in the morning. But um, actually, there is less conflict going on in the world all the time. Um, And I think that that is probably just going to continue. Um, And yeah, I think even though we've gone through a bit of a trough from uh, the coronavirus pandemic and since then uh, more people getting into poverty and things like that. I do actually think that overall we're going to be coming back up and and out of that uh, as time goes on. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think even though uh, we've been separated a bit from globalization with things like Brexit um, and uh, people like uh, Trump who are very against globalization, I think we will probably be uh, realizing that globalization is just kind of the natural progress of of humanity and it will probably uh, come back to some kind of normal again and um yeah I'm optimistic that it's going to it's going to be better as time goes by maybe that's naive yeah, I guess knows? I guess things go in waves again don't they they do you know like like people like stuff happens people react to it people accept it the wave goes back, you know, and then it's just, yeah. Well, I, let's just hope for some level of stability and normality and just general peace and harmony. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. You may say I'm a dreamer, Stephen, but I'm not the only one. No. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I, I uh, let's, let's say now, what will you personally be doing in 10 years time? I reckon I'll st- uh, hopefully I'll still be doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully I'll still be doing this. Obviously, I'll, the, my audience by that point will have grown so huge that essentially I will be like the the, the Big Brother in in uh, 1984 by George Orwell, <laughs> where where um, literally every person on earth is is listening to me, and everyone's got a huge screen in their one room apartment with my face on it, and it's just me 24 hours a day just yeah. staring at them, speaking to them in English like this, where they literally have got I've got their attention just constantly. Yeah, that that's that's how I, I don't know. Now in ten years, yeah, I just hope that I'm. I, I would like to still be doing my podcast. I don't. Yeah, and and uh, I want to be able to keep doing that. Please. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. What about uh, what about you? Me? Yeah, probably something similar. Actually, like yeah, I love doing my podcast. I'd like maybe for that to 
uh, become my my main uh, source of income at some point, and then yeah, like I, I really enjoy doing that, and then uh, maybe you know have the uh, ability to just wake up in the morning, buy a newspaper, and read it from front to back, and uh, do my podcast at night. That that would make me really happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Um, okay, uh, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, I want a I want a camera, please. I would like a Sony. What's it called? Sony Z. Flipping it. What's it called? Anyway, basically, I want a camera. I want a Sony, um, like a vlogging camera, please. Yeah, I, I'm not. Use? I don't know why I'm asking you. It's yeah, that's to use for. <laughs> I did. For, I did say my... it to you as if I was going to buy it, didn't I? So, um, like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, open the window. I'm hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, is that to use on the computer? Is that like a to, or or not? In, in, in other yeah that's 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 to use for doing stuff like this i yeah. mean the, the camera i've got on this on this laptop is actually very good looks good um it does it looks fine doesn't it really yeah, yeah. so i don't need i don't need a camera but i but this is a laptop webcam that i'm using yeah um it's it's on it's on a macbook uh apple mac laptop but i'd like a i'd like a yeah i would like a, a vlogging camera just to get a slightly better image but i mean I probably don't need that. I mean, look, I look fantastic, right? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. What else do I want for Christmas? I always want more guitars. Yeah. I always want another guitar. How many do you have? Um, uh, one, two, three, four, uh, five. Five. That's pretty good. No, six. Wait a minute. Six. Because I bought, I bought one for myself. I treated myself to one. I won't explain the reason, but I promised myself about six months ago that I would um, treat myself to a guitar if and when, um, you know, I deserved it. And, I, and it was like, right, OK, time to, buy my, time to buy myself that guitar. And it wasn't too expensive. Don't worry, everybody. Uh, but uh, I bought myself a, a Hofner. Um, Oh, this is fascinating stuff, isn't it, listeners? I bet you're all like, which guitar, but Luke, which guitar was it? Please tell us. It's just a, it's, oh, fuck, what's it called? A Hofner Club Bass, which is like the, it's like the one that Paul McCartney plays, but not the same. Um, you know, he's got that violin bass. I love the way those basses sound, but I'm not so keen on the way that violin bass looks. Stephen's like, violin bass, What? What is he talking about? <laughs> Flying over. This is going straight over your head. And if it's probably going straight over everybody else's <laughs> heads too. So I will just say I bought myself a new bass guitar and it's great. And I've been playing it, listeners. They, they, they don't just go on the walls, you know. I do actually pick them, take them off. Do you have enough time to play? How often? It's, well, I, 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 will, I will sit here, right? And I'll work and then I'll just grab one and then I'll just sort of distract myself for a bit great it's a nice way to be distracted mm. and then when i'm done it just goes back up on the wall nice. and i can carry on so yeah i do i just use them as distractions as a way of like okay i've done a bit of work i'll just be distracted and j- sort of fiddle away on the guitar for a while and then go back to work yeah brilliant um okay yeah good so more guitars for you and a camera for christmas okay good okay um is there anything that you would like to say to your, uh, you know, vast audience all over the world? Anything that you, 
anything that you've been thinking for a while that you just haven't said that you the anything that's that comes to your mind anything i've been thinking that i haven't said yeah well now i'm thinking have i reminded them to sign up to lep premium i don't remember if i said that to them or not of course i have but they can, you know, that's always worth saying. Don't forget, listeners, to LEP Premium is available. Teacherluke.co.uk slash premium. <laughs> but um, is there anything that I haven't said to them? There's always stuff that I think, ah, oh, I, should, I should talk about that. I should mention that. I've got tons of Google documents in my computer full of things that I'm preparing to say, and I just never have enough time Amazing. to do them all. Wow. But right now, at this very moment, now that you ask me, I can't think of this burning thing that i have to say to them um except this well done for listening all the way through to this episode yeah. really well done yeah, well it's done. been long we've gone on a lot of uh, tangents that, yeah as usual yeah. um and thank you that's the thing i want to tell say to them thank you so much for listening to my show um and i mean that that sometimes i I think, should I be saying that, Stephen? Should I say, thank you for listening to my show? It sounds a bit like, thanks for letting me do this. But, you know, you do, uh, you do feel grateful, right? Yeah. You know, for having, a, having an audience. Totally, yeah, yeah. They yeah. say thank you to me, yeah. and I say thank you to them. I think that's a pretty good uh, arrangement. It's an amazing feeling to know that there are thousands of people who actually are interested in listening to what you want to say, right? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. So, yeah, yeah, it's great. You. Yeah. yeah, good. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you okay. too, Stephen. Well, thank you as well, Luke. You, uh, you have final one question. more question. Yeah, one more. Yeah. Who's going to win the World Cup? Who's going to win the World Cup? Yeah. Oh my God, this is a big one. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I haven't been following the international football lately, so I really don't know. Um, are you in a better position to um, give a prediction on this? No, I don't think who, so. Who are the... F- you don't know? No, who are the favourites? We, we, we don't know. I actually are. Hold on. I actually don't know. No. Who's Hold the favourites? Are you going to Google it? Well, yeah, I'm going to Google this quickly. Yeah. I, think, World Cups- I think England is actually, you know, in a better position than it's ever been well, for a long, long time. Really? Yeah, I think it's doing pretty well at the moment. But people always say that at the beginning of an international competition when England, you know what, actually, you know what, I actually rate England's chances this year. I think we could do, I think we could be in with a chance this year. Every single competition. I think, you know what, I think we could be in with a chance. And then, of course, we get, you know, knocked out on penalties in the second round of the quarterfinals. Every single time. Yeah, with a, we, we do really well in the lead up to the competition where we're playing like the Faroe Islands or something like that. We're like really convincing. I thought we did really well again Papua New Guinea who like literally you've only got 10 people who play football yeah I think we did really well against them um, and then when it comes to the actual World Cup it's like oh, I think we've got a good chance and then we just completely fluff it all the players suddenly forget how to think and kick and, and they can't communicate with each other They're just, uh, everyone gets frozen somehow by I'm in the World Cup remember this remember 1966 everyone starts singing it's coming home and it's coming home and then and then the, the whole team comes home yeah um, so, uh, favourites, favourites, favourites. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure second. if the, the idea of this question, you know, like, who, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? I'm not sure if it really uh, works if you actually just Google who are the genuine favourites. I think it kind of uh, takes really? away from the... Per- yeah, I think you're supposed to give some kind of spirited idea, you know, of like, oh, yeah, it's going to be England. 
something like that. Um, but go on, seeing as you've already Googled it, you might as well tell us. I, I mean, I only Googled it because I felt like we open, we open the question. We can't just leave it unanswered. You know, and there needs to be some commentary on this. Brazil are the bookmakers' favourites to lift the 2022 World Cup. All right. This is according to uh, an American website, I think. But uh, they are talking from... about football, football, right? Not that American football stuff. No, 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 no. Anyway, according to this website, this website, I don't know where it comes from. Uh, Brazil are the the favourites, blah, blah, blah. France are also um, up there. Argentina, England, also Spain. Basically, you know, the usual big clubs. The usual culprits, yeah. Okay. Germany will probably win it. Yeah. They normally do. Isn't that, what's that quote about football? Football is a a game in... Football is a game uh, in which, basically, I can't remember the quote now, which is really great podcasting, isn't it? But it's something like, football is a game played by, uh, where two countries play each other and then Germany win. (laughs) It's something along those lines. Yeah, great. Um, okay. okay, I think that's actually all of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Luke. Ah, oh, I tell you what, maybe you can just answer this. What's next for Luke's English podcast? So I don't know when this particular episode is going up, but as I speak right now, the next episode is going to be an episode with Amber and Paul. Uh, I don't know if you know about uh, know who Amber and Paul are. I've seen them before. I, yeah, I've, I've listened to a little bit of. Uh, with them. Just a just a couple of my friends who've been on the show lots of times, yeah. and it's always fun. We always have like lots of fun. We we we're kind of very relaxed and comfortable in each other's presence, and um, we sort of bring quite a lot of comedy out of each other. It's quite a good dynamic between the three of us. So I've got an Amber and Paul episode coming next, and accompanying that are three premium episodes as well that go along with that episode oh, cool. to create the perfect package Stephen. yeah brilliant which people can get if they just sign up to lep premium by going to teacherluke.co.uk <laughs> slash premium in case i hadn't told them already um and as well as that i've got an interview with mark Steele. do you know mark Steele? no i don't think so he's a he's an english comedian i bet you've seen him before um how can i share my screen here I Mark Steele, comedian. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. recognise his face. Yeah. He's often on the BBC. He's the sort of comedian that might crop up on something like Room 101 or um, Mock the Week or something like that. Oh, cool. Great. Um, I met him in Paris. He came and did a show here. I met him and got talking to him and he kindly agreed to be on the show. Oh, and we recorded like about an hour and a half of conversation and uh, I had a fantastic time we both really enjoyed it I think Uh, but then I thought oh my god I wonder what my listeners will think sometimes I I think that sometimes I I record stuff and I just think what on earth how you know as an English as an English teacher when you speak to learners of English even like ones who have got apparently quite a good level upper intermediate you can just say one thing to them and completely lose them with just one sentence yeah, yeah. like for example it would be like today i had an intermediate class i had one student uh, at the beginning because the others were late and i said um what was it so how are you i said that three times and she still was like what uh, what what are you so how are you yeah. not how are you but so how are you yeah and she, like, huh? what hawaii? she couldn't get it hawaii yeah hawaii what <laughs> so how are you 
and uh, she couldn't understand and I had to write it I, you know no wow. I didn't write it but I said how are you yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> laugh lover oh I'm yeah. fine so and then I think my god an hour and a half of conversation with Mark Steele it's gonna be where we're talking in yeah. we're talking in different accents we're talking about specific things about England and stuff and I just kind of think sometimes I think it's, it's it's amazing so for those people again for those people who listen to my show who don't understand a lot of stuff but they keep listening like respect yeah, guys totally Res- respect to you guys for listening to to 90 minutes and I think it does help I think it does like if those people who persevere even when it's difficult and they don't understand I think ultimately it does help is there a reason that you always say learners of English and not English learners uh, I don't know I don't know. Learners of English, not English learners. Because for me, it's exactly the same. But I, yeah. I've noticed that you always say learners of English. Learners of English. I don't know. It's just because uh, I have no idea, Stephen, why I, why I do that. English learners. Is it because maybe in my mind there's the potential misunderstanding that English learners might be English people who are learning something? Maybe. I, I don't think so. Think that, but, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Stephen. Yeah. I just don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe that's a, a thing I need to change and no. start calling them English learners. No. But if I do, exactly, you know what? If I start, exactly right. if I start calling them English learners, maybe suddenly everyone will start switching off from my podcast <laughs> and just like the whole my 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 my, my numbers are just going to fall. Yeah. Like that like what happened? Ah, I started calling them <laughs> English learners and not learners of English. Oh, this is clearly the yeah. yeah. <laughs> All oh. right, hey. Um, Stephen, thank you for interviewing me on my own podcast. Oh, it's a um, pleasure. Do you know, actually, I'm planning on uh, starting doing some interviews next year on Send7, so this is a, a, good, a good place for me to start. Thank you for having me to interview you. You're welcome. Have a nice day, evening and stuff. And uh, yeah, interviews on Send7, that's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah, look forward to that. Thanks. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be probably be more like interviewing people from different parts of the world, journalists uh, yes. uh seeing what they think about different situations probably get get into a lot more uh uh trouble p- trouble exactly trouble yeah but that will be the okay. intention this time so yeah <laughs> different stuff all right yeah okay nice one well okay cheers take care thank you very much nice to talk to you again luke bye you too cheers So that was me being interviewed by Stephen from the Send7 podcast, Simple English News Daily. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, Send7 podcast. Listen to the news on a regular basis, very short episodes. It's almost like the antithesis of Luke's English podcast, just straight to the point, all wrapped up in seven minutes. Um, Simple English, plain English. There you go, Send7 podcast. You can check it out. Thank you to Stephen for essentially being a guest on my podcast and not really saying very much and letting me do all the talking. You can see why I felt like that was a little bit self-indulgent. But anyway, there it is. Uh, Stephen is due to be back on the podcast in December, uh, where he's got some sort of a quiz lined up for me. Maybe some sort of news quiz. We will see. It might be the end of the year news quiz which sounds like a nice idea. Anyway, that hasn't happened yet, so I probably shouldn't be talking about it because there's a sort of a, an unwritten rule in podcasting. I don't know if it's just in in the world of Luke's English podcasting, which is that I shouldn't ever talk about a thing 
that I'm going to do, a sort of promise to do a thing when it hasn't been done yet. Uh, that's always something to watch out for. But anyway, I just did it, didn't I? I just completely did it there anyway. Uh, how have the episodes been for you recently? I find that the ep- my episodes go in sort of sort of waves in a way, if that... That sounds very pretentious. But what I mean is that the episodes sort of come in these little waves where, for example, recently I did lots of episodes with guests talking to guests. And then after the sort of interview sort of stop, then I go into those solo episodes where it's just me uh, sort of on one particular subject, like the reading episodes or stories or something. And then when I spend time with my family for holidays, I record like a few episodes with them. And then you get this whole series with the family and then I get Amber and Paul back and they sort of go in these these different waves and things like that. So um, anyway, I've got new content coming up. You've had quite a few conversations. Uh, I think we're not done with the conversations. There's one or two more coming up and then uh, probably a couple of other solo efforts. I might try and get Amber and Paul back on the show before Christmas and then it'll be Christmas time. Um, I've got a Christmas story lined up, which uh, should be fun. Anyway, more to come on Luke's English Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. No need to make this episode extra, extra long, uh, but uh, you will be hearing from me again soon in some form uh, before long. But for now, I'll just say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.